Hallelujah. Oh, that it were that simple just to trade our sorrow for his blessing and his joy. We know that we are people that are complex and life gets complicated and you have to make a concerted effort to keep your focus on the Lord. If you don't do it, you will be distracted and you will be discouraged. And that includes me. I'm, I'm the first partaker of the fruits when I study a message and I've studied the Bible for over 40 years and preached the scriptures for over 40 years and I'm still studying the book and I'm still putting it into practice in my life experience because I'm more than just anointed and appointed to preach the gospel and I do claim that or I wouldn't be here in the pulpit this morning. But I am a living, breathing example of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, and God's grace. Amen. If I had never went through anything, then I could never be an example to the flock in that way. The Bible said, as a minister, I'm not to be a lord over God's heritage. That means not just using the office of pastor to lord it over people and always be telling you what you need to do. That's the easy part. Amen. Because I can find fault with you guys. You know why I could find if I really put you under a microscope? Because we all have them. But when it comes to being an example to the flock, to not just acting, but not just reacting, but acting uh, in a certain way as my faith in Him dictates, rather than just going along with what my emotions are telling me. How many have emotions? You know, I see those little bumper stickers on the back of a car that said Christ is the answer. Amen. And you would think that sitting up front is someone so filled with Jesus that if you cut them off in traffic, it won't even bother them. That's not the case. Can you say, man, it's going to bug them. It's going to bother them. And I never, I never just take for granted that whatever the bumper sticker says on the back. Big old cross around your neck don't necessarily mean that you're a follower of Jesus and willing to take up your cross. Because when you take up your cross, that means you have to crucify your flesh. Amen. And it's a prerequisite for following Him. I want to talk to you about what we all face today. And I've, I have quoted this so many times. But I want to try to teach three principles out of Hebrews chapter 10 beginning with verse 32 down through uh, verse 37. And I want to talk about your enemy. I want to talk about the conflict. I want to talk about the confidence. I want to talk about your God. And I want to talk about you to you about His coming. And I'm not talking about the soon coming of Jesus. This is an entirely different coming of the Lord. And you need to be filled today when you leave this building with the anticipation of God coming. To you, God coming to me at the point of whatever our need is. And every Christian, and this is probably something and one reason we're not coping very well is because we were taught how to overcome by never going through anything. We were, we were taught wrong in the beginning. Our expectations were wrong. That's why we get easily discouraged. We really didn't get it from the onset. First thing he told Paul was that, that he's going to show him all the things that he's going to suffer for his sake. 
Not just show him the things he was going to acquire and attain, but the things he was going to go through for the sake of the gospel. He told Peter that he was going to be killed for the gospel before he even started preaching the gospel. Amen? He told him when you were young, you girded yourself. You were headstrong, self-confident, self-sufficient. And when you were young, you girded yourself. You went anywhere you wanted to go. And did whatever you wanted to do. But when thou art older, others shall gird thee and take thee. If you had the choice and you will, you will bow to my lordship, you will follow my leadership. You will not back down anymore, Peter. But they're going to take you where you wouldn't go if you were still your own man doing your own thing. Thus signifying the death by which he would glorify Christ. And he was so committed at that point because of the failure he had and the forgiveness that he had received. He was so devoted to the Lord for that. He fell in love with Jesus. He, he fell in love with him. You know, it's easy to say, oh how I love Jesus until the trouble comes and I don't know what's going on. Oh, how I love Jesus. See, Peter said he loved him. He said anybody else might deny you, but I won't. When a man says, behold, I stand, he's in that precarious position. His devotion wasn't that deep. He, he wanted to be that kind of man, but his devotion wasn't that deep until he failed and God forgave him. And then his devotion became that deep. Now, I'm Pentecostal. I'm charismatic, Pentecostal, full gospel. All of those apply to me. But more than anything else, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. And in my Christian life, I, I, it's what he's done for me when, when I wasn't able to be strong in myself. That makes me love him so very much. It's his grace. It's his love. That makes me love him back with a deep, deep devotion. You can't love him with emotion. That'll break down. Your emotions are up and down. It's like a roller coaster. And it's dictated by the circumstances of life. Amen. I like the, 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 the testimony of the prophet of old who said, Though the fig tree shall not blossom, there be no fruit upon the vine. There be no cattle in the stalls. These are hard times. He said, he said, yet I will rejoice in my God and I will joy in the God of my salvation. And because he decided, he made a decision. You see, you don't have to be at the mercy of the wind and the waves blown like a leaf. You can decide to stand and give God glory in the circumstance that you are in. And he said something happened, and he didn't mention the circumstance changing initially. But it changed the man. He said in... Because I'm going to give Him praise in the middle of this circumstance that I don't understand. I'm going to acknowledge that He is God and He's still good and He still loves me. He said He will make my feet like Hind's feet. He will make my feet like a deer's feet. And not just a deer. He was really referring beyond the deer area to the mountain goat that can go up those rocky, craggy places and get to those peaks and stand on them one translation said he makes me make progress on my high places of testing and persecution amen instead of going backward or being stymied by it i actually make progress yeah. 
I move forward. My faith deepens in the Lord. I love Dale's testimony, amen, that we got from her in the middle of all of that conflict. Her faith in God is deepening. And she's speaking defiantly against the enemy and and glorifying the Lord today. Amen. Hallelujah. A prayer was answered and the rest of the prayers are going to be answered. Praise God. Hallelujah. Terry, we have victory in Jesus. And I'm proud of you and I'm proud of your wife because I know something is occurring. You're going to leave here better and not bitter. Trials will make you better or they'll make you bitter. Can you say, man, you're going to be mad at God or you're going to be glad in the Lord? Hallelujah. Listen to me. He hath made me glad, Psalm 4 says. He has made me glad more than in the time that their corn and their wine did increase. And I'm going to tell you something. When the world rejoices over material blessings, they show it. For a little while, it makes them happy. It will not resolve that big hole within that only God can fill. But for a little while, it makes them happy. Whoever won the big billion dollar thingy, or a portion of it, believe me, they don't look like us when we go through our trials. And I know they got trials, but right now they feel like if I can get that car and that house and go to that place, it'll be better. Everything will be, it won't be. Statistics tell us that winning the lotto don't necessarily make you happy for the rest of your life. I heard the song out of the 50s, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, just make an ugly woman your wife. You and me look like we're, we're doomed. We married handsome ladies, didn't we? Praise God. I said, didn't we? Amen. Amen. <laughs> We, we about got this thing down, don't we? Praise God. Hallelujah. That won't make you happy. You know what makes you happy? It's not having everything the world says will make you happy. Happy is the man. Happy is the man. Happy is the man. Happy is the man who has no trials, no financial problems, no physical problems, no issues, children that grow up to be beautiful men and women and go to college and become doctors and lawyers. Happy is the man that hath the Lord God of Jacob for his help. Can you say man? And that's what the prophet knew. He said, whatever's going on, I'm not without help. I'm not on my own. God is on the throne and God is with me. Therefore, instead of being stymied by the troubles, I'm going to actually make progress. He's going to change me. He's going to change me. He's going to change me in this trial. And my devotion is going to be deeper and my faith is going to be stronger. And when I come out the other side and believe me, he's coming. Now, with that attitude, he's coming through it. Not beleaguered and not beaten and not battered. He's coming through it with victory. So this is what every Christian ought to know. That being a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to have any more trouble. So I want to talk about the conflict in verse 32. And here's this beautiful (laughs) encouragement. It said, listen, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated... You endured a great fight of afflictions. 
partly while ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. Now he said, you had compassion of me, and my bonds took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that you have in heaven a greater reward. But I want to back up to verse 32. Call to remembrance the former days that after you were illuminated. That means after you received Christ as your Savior. Because you can't receive him unless those scales fall off of your eyes. Scripture is very clear. The God of this world has blinded the minds of men. Lest they would what? See what you saw, what I saw and responded to. Lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. When you saw it, you were so glad to know there was hope for you. And there was help for you. And that every sin that separated you from God and threatened you with banishment and punishment for eternity can be absolutely remitted and forgiven. And the Bible said that flesh and blood, and he calls, he, he anoints, and he sends preachers. But flesh and blood cannot reveal Christ to anyone. You can't, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's the office of the Holy Spirit. So he asked Peter, he said, Peter... Who do men say that I am? Peter began to answer all of those speculations. By the way, Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't the white-collar part of the entourage. He wasn't the medicine, the medical doctor with such intelligence or the tax collector that, that uh, uh, was a great mathematician. Where's... Amen. Like our great mathematician here. Head of the math department, I assume. Are you the head of the... He's, he's so humble, he didn't want to even acknowledge, but we give him credit where credit is due. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah, come back. Some say you're Jeremiah, Isaiah. Some say you're one of those prophets. He said, all right, who do you say that I am without skipping a beat? The fisherman said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. Everybody say, after I was illuminated. Hallelujah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. But my father, which is in heaven. And who is the one he sends to reveal his truth about his son and all of his truth to us? When he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, when he is come, he will guide you into all truth. And if you continue in my word, amen, he works in conjunction with the word. And that's why preachers are sent to preach the word. But only the Holy Spirit can reveal the truth of it to you. Till you know that you know that you know. Can you say man and nothing can shake it. Praise God. Listen, you, you cannot know a lot of things and that's called ignorance. You can be ignorant of a lot of things. But you can't unknow anything that you truly know. If you've ever known Christ, you can still go to a bar and get drunk. But you're going to be the most unhappy drunk in the bar. Because you know you're out of your element. 
This is not where you belong. Can you say amen? You can try to have fun with everybody else, but you can't unknow. Amen. That, the, that this is not the way. Amen. That Jesus is the way. Hey, hallelujah. The truth and the life. And no one's going to find that life in anything or anyone else but Him. Hallelujah. After you were illuminated... Then you had such victory. Then you had no more problems. Then every prayer was answered. Everything smoothed out in your life. It's not what my Bible said. After you were illuminated, you endured a few problems here and there. No, a great fight. When you got saved, the fight began. You had three adversaries that stood up. Ready or not, here they come. Number one is the world. The world. The world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father doesn't indwell him. Marvel not if the world hate you. It hated me before it hated you. Amen. The world, the culture. Everything in this world is flowing away from God and if you follow Jesus Christ in this world you're going to be persecuted in fact all those who live godly who follow Christ instead of the culture all those without exception all those shall suffer persecution a great fight of afflictions. Afflictions is not just some physical ailment. It's all the trials. It's all the tests. It's all the persecutions. It includes temptations. And you may not be tempted to go out and get drunk when you have problems that overwhelm you and you feel like God has forsaken you. I don't have that temptation because I had been drunk before. And it didn't help. Some people think it will, but it won't. How many were lost before you got saved? Amen. I was on the other side. I wasn't born in clergy world. You say, Brother Bill, I can't visualize you drunk. Just hang out till the Holy Spirit really falls in this place. Come on, this is biblical. These men are not drunk as you suppose. Well, why do you suppose they were drunk? Well, it sure wasn't like your average church member on Sunday morning. Amen. They might think you're dead, but they won't think you're drunk. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, this little boy went with his daddy on Memorial Day to church. They had American flags all over the place. He said, why are there so many American flags? He said, to commemorate those who have died in the service. The little boy looked around and said, the morning service or the evening service? <laughs> You've got to get your joy back. You've got to get your faith back. There's going to be a conflict. The world is not going to be kind to you. It's not going to be considerate of your faith. 
Can you say amen? Marvel not that the world hate you. It hated me before it hated you. Can you say amen? You, you haven't just been illuminated. You just don't have the light. But you are now a bearer of the light. You are a threat to the prince of darkness. You are a threat to the people that he has bound up. There's a threat in you that, that they might be set free as you let your light shine before men. Hallelujah. He fights what he fears. And Christians ought to be taught when they first get saved. Now the fight starts. This is not where the smooth sailing comes. This is when the battle begins. Put on the whole armor of God. Because a fight's coming. It's going to begin with the culture. The world. The world. In this world. Promise of Christ. Because of the afflictions, persecutions, heartache, heartbreak. That this world, just being in a fallen world, in a faulty body, is going to create. In this world, promise of God, you shall have tribulation. You're going to feel the pressure of the culture. You're going to feel the pain of a fallen world, just like everybody else in it. But you need to handle it differently. In this world. I'm going to ask a question here. We rarely get 100%. There's always aliens. I do believe in aliens. They come to church on Sunday. How many people? Oh, by the way, we are aliens if you're a Christian. So this is not a negative thing necessarily. How many people are in this world still? You live on this planet. Amen. In this world. This world. This world. Not some kind of, of world where, you know, the hyper-faith world. Man in a Christian bookstore that teaches that hyper-faith. He's hacking. He's coughing. He's blowing greenish-yellow stuff out of his nose into his handkerchief. Amen? Come on, have you ever had the flu, Anybody? You act like you've never seen that. You saw it. It was just yours, and it didn't bother you as much as thinking about somebody else's. Sent, sent my son a birthday card one year, and it was a little girl, sweet-looking little girl, and she had a finger up her nose like the little children do. And down at the bottom it said, I picked this one just for you. <laughs> Kim... Did you, did you compose that card? And you're, you're, get, you're getting royalties from Hallmark right now. Okay. <laughs> We've got to laugh sometime. The joy of the Lord is what He offers us through the grace that He gives us and the, the joy of His presence. You've got to laugh sometime. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't look at this as if you've been singled out and, and, and everybody else has just got smooth sailing, but you've got the trouble. Think it not strange. Unique. This fiery trial that has come to try you. But be faithful. No, no, no. Here's where, here's where the grace has to kick in. Yes, God wants you to be faithful, but not because of strength within yourself, but strength that He's going to grant you and grace that He's going to give you. Think it not strange. Oh, I used to look and see preachers come to town and build a big old ministry, and I thought, Lord, have mercy. 
I've been here for over 40 years fighting the devil and preaching the gospel. And I'm getting it in the neck. And they're sailing smooth. Not only does he build a big ministry, he's got a pontoon boat and goes fishing on the weekend and just commits everything to God and enjoys his life. He goes to Old Cal and kills a deer every year. Eats venison. Takes pictures of it. He's having the time of his life. Here I am going through it. Lord, what's up with that? What's up with that? I'm in my calling. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Through thick or thin, and we've had it both ways, mainly thin. Amen? That's why we have outreach. That's why we don't limit the ministry to the walls of the church. Because there's only a few of us here, but there's a whole lot of people on the internet, and there's a whole lot of people listening to the radio. Praise God. And the gospel is going out, and God has set before us an open door simply because we've been faithful. Hallelujah. We've been faithful. And because we've been faithful, we've been fruitful in spite of our side. Glory to God. God promised something. When we went on the radio, we claimed Psalm 107 and verse 20. Psalm 107 and verse 20. He sent, He sent, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. And as long as God is sending His Word, the Bible said, said, you know how the rain comes down and the snow comes down out of heaven and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and bud? So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will accomplish that that I desire. It will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That's why I'm so confident that you are going to begin to come out of your trouble and your trials and come through with victory. Amen. And with deeper faith and a greater confidence in God because God's word is being brought to you. This is not my word. This is his word. He's the one that backs it up. Can you say amen? Think it not strange the fiery trial that has come to try you. Christians need to understand we're going to be tested. We're going to be tried, but it's okay. In this world, you can expect it, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You say, well, Brother Venable, what does his overcoming the world have to do with my victory? Because this world overcomer that overcame it in a body like yours. His power didn't come from just relying on his divinity, but God's provision for his humanity. He was God in the flesh. God incarnate. But he did not rely on his divinity to operate in a human body. The book of Acts said how God anointed. That's an incredible thing. That God anointed God. God don't need no anointing. He is the anointing. But Christ didn't operate off of his divinity, but out of his humanity, because he couldn't say, follow me, unless he set an example for us. 
Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Has God ever anointed anybody else with the Holy Ghost and with power? Go into Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power. For if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He will quicken your mortal body by that same power, that same anointing. Can you say man? Hallelujah. I am not divine, but I'm divinely enabled. I am not, amen, perfectly holy, but I have the Holy One holding me and supporting me and helping me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The Bible said in John 15, I am the vine and you're the branches. And I always say this, he's divine. You're the branches. Can you say amen? And apart from him, what can we do? Nothing. But because we are absolutely connected to him spiritually, what can we do? I can. I can. I can. I can. Not just I must, I need to, I want to, but I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ, which strengtheneth me. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that's come to try you. Some strange thing has happened unto you. But be faithful and you'll see victory. No. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear. We don't compare. We don't compete. God knows where you are spiritually. God knows how much faith you have. God knows whether you'll use the faith you got or not. God knows, God knows the sufficiency of His grace better than we do. God's got confidence in us. Even if you've lost confidence in yourself. When the shepherd went out after that sheep, the sheep he's going after, 90-something percent of the time was a cast sheep. Before the sheep are shorn of their wool, their wool is so heavy... If they tip over, they're kind of like a turtle. They are like a turtle. They can't right themselves. And they call them a cast sheep. They've been cast down. And they've got to have help to get up and help to get home. Everybody say help to get up and help to get home. A cast sheep is one who didn't intend for that to happen, but found themselves in that circumstance. And the shepherd goes looking for it. He doesn't say, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. You should have stayed closer to the fold. You, you made a misstep. You didn't stand as strong in faith as you should have or could have. No, the faithfulness is not on your part when the trial is on. Initially, it will cause you to be faithful. But initially, it's not on you. God said, I'm the one that's going to come for you when you are cast down. I'm the one that's going to lift you up. I'm the one that's going to not only find you, but take you to a place of safety in me. And you're the one then that is going to trust me in a deeper way. Amen. Than you've ever trusted me before because you know without me, you couldn't stand on your own. So don't be ashamed and hang your head because you become a cast sheep at some point in your life. Because a faithful shepherd is coming for you. The conflict... The confidence and the coming. 
I said, the faithful shepherd is coming for you. He'll leave the 90 and die. Everybody's shouting in the service but you. So what are we going to do about that? Well, let's get on to you. What is wrong with you? How many hours would it take? I know what's wrong with you. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? We live in faulty bodies in a fallen world. And we need God's help and God's grace. And we need to get a focus on His faithfulness. When we're weak, Paul said, when I'm weak and the trials will weaken you, make no mistake about it. You're not above heartache. You're not above heartbreak. You're not above depression. You're not above disappointment. You're not above any of these things, but God is above it all. And He's went before us. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come to try you as some strange thing has happened to you. But God, but God, but God. Somebody say it loud one more time. i got to get done and it's almost time to quit. And I feel like I'm barely getting started. We're still talking about the conflict. Amen. Listen, but God is faithful to you when? When you're in that condition, when you're in that trouble, when you're in that discouragement, when you're in that despair. God said, don't despair in me. I'm faithful. I'm still here. I'm still ready, willing, and able to help you. And that brings us to the confidence. Oh, by the way, let me give you something out of the old covenant. Many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God. (laughs) But God. Having God as your heavenly father. God make a promise to you. God come into a covenant with you. God say I'll never leave you through Jesus Christ to forsake you. It's got to make a difference when the trials come. But God delivered them out of them all. Not a few of them. Some of them. But all of them. He's a delivering God. I'm not here because I've never been down. I'm here because He's always helped me up. I almost said because I already got up. Well, I did get up, but I got up because God helped me up. He lifted me, the psalmist said. He lifted me from the miry clay. Delivered me from an horrible pit. Can you say amen? He put my feet upon a rock. He established me so I didn't keep sliding right back in that thing. Didn't I say you're going to be stronger? Because he's not going to just take you out of the miry clay. He's going to put your feet on a rock to stay. And when he establishes you, he puts a song in your mouth. It's a new song. You quit singing the blues and you start singing the high praises of God. And people going through trouble are going to see your peace. They're going to see your praise, hear your praise. They're going to sense your joy, and they're going to take courage. They're God. They're God. They're God. Their God helps them. Their God comes to them. Their God delivers them. Their God takes them through. Who has a God? Like our God. And when we begin to reflect that, the world looks at us and says, Who has a God like their God? Can you say, man? 
Hallelujah. I'm trying to witness to Circle K clerk. And it didn't start out with giving a tract or telling about Jesus, but coming in with the joy of Jesus every single day in a long line where people are fussing and cussing because they don't haul, they don't have more help. Just having peace and having joy. And little red-headed clerk, Jenna Lee, she looked up at me. She said, you're the happiest customer we have. <laughs> and I might have just been through a trial. Things maybe going in the week might have started out with all kinds of pressure. But I'm now going out in the public. Amen. I don't even want to stay that way in private. But when I go out in public, it, the Bible said you are, we are living epistles. We, we are flesh and blood tracks written and read by all men. And I want somebody to read me right. I want them to know Sunday is not just something I do on Sunday. God is there in my Monday. He's not just the God of the mountains. He's the God of the plains. Hallelujah. Can I just go through this? You know the scriptures. Listen, I won't read them verbatim. Listen. After you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of your Lord. reward. See, they that come to God, Hebrews 11 says, must believe that He is. This is the confidence and that He is a rewarder. Amen. That He is a rewarder. He will come through. He will not let you fall. Can you say, man, He will keep His promise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Confidence in the Lord. They that trust the Lord, that confidence in God, in spite of the circumstance, shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot, cannot, oh, which cannot, cannot be removed. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, the Lord is round about His people to deliver them. Can you say, man? He's not, when heaven feels like it's brass and God feels so far away. In fact, the Bible said God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help. Why the emphasis on very present? Because it don't feel like it when you're going through it. This is not about what it feels like. This is about what it's really like. God is there in your trouble. God is there with you. God is willing to help you. But you just got to have some confidence in Him. God is faithful. Give Him credit. Give Him some credit. Give Him some credit. He's worthy of your trust. Therefore, He's trustworthy. Can you say amen? Heaven and earth will pass away, but what I've told you will never pass away. I watch over my word to perform it. Hath He not said it, and will He not do it? And He'll do it for you. But you've got to give Him some credit. You say, Brother Bimble, I've been praying for a long time. Pray longer. Brother Bimble, I've been going through it for a long time. Hold on a little longer. Hold on a little longer. Something's got to give and it won't be God. It'll be your circumstance. It'll be the devil backing off. Something's got to give and it won't be God. Can you say amen? 
Hallelujah. 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 Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. Call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. Can you say, man? See, I want deliverance more than for a greater reason than so, so I can watch TV without pain. Amen. There's a higher reason I want deliverance than just for my personal need or my personal convenience. I want deliverance that I may bring glory to His name. That the world may know that our God is not like the gods, the man-made gods. He's the God who made man. Can you say man? He has always in Scripture distinguished Himself by exerting His power. Can you say man? Let the God who answers by fire. Let the God who does something. Not the God that you made for yourself called Baal, but the God who is the true and the living God. Let, let the God that answers prayer. Let the God that comes through. Let the God that shows up and shows out. Let Him be declared the living and true God. Amen. Jesus was not just confirmed through the prophets of old, but through the things that was happening through His life and ministry. How God confirmed His Son through many signs and many wonders and, and, and when John the Baptist said are you he? I declared you're the Messiah or should we look for another? He didn't get in. God didn't give him some big theological co comprehension and understanding of the prophetic scriptures. You know what he said? He said tell him this. Jesus said go tell John this. Tell him the blind see. Tell him the deaf here. Tell him the lame are walking and he'll know it's me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, we got a big old Bible here and theologically trained preachers, but the gainsaying world needs to know that this same Jesus is the Jesus we're serving because the blind see, the lame walk, the sick are healed, demons are cast out, and there's victory in God's people. We need him more than ever. I want the Lord to be glorified in my life. Whatever I face, I want to keep my confidence in him so that he can deliver me. So that in and through that deliverance, his name will be glorified. Call on me in the time of trouble, Psalm 50, 15. I will. Don't let no preacher talk you out of it. Don't let your circumstance tell you any different. If you've got God's word on it, grab a hold of it. Can you say, man? I love the way God talks. No wonder faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because if you just leave it like it is, you can't. I said it on the radio broadcast. I said, I can't read the Bible without being filled with hope. I can't. I can't be hopeless. There's no hopeless case, there's no hopeless situation. The God of hope fill you with hope and believing. The moment I believe the word, I have the glad anticipation of future good no matter what it's like right at the moment. Hallelujah. In fact, I become a prisoner of hope. I can't help but hope. In spite of my old flesh and my old emotions, and believe me, it goes up and down. I don't stay on an even keel. 
I don't. I'll tell you things. Anybody ever been heartbroken? Anybody ever been discouraged? Has anybody ever been hurt by someone or some circumstance? You never quit feeling that. You're always going to feel it. But it's what you do after you feel it. It's not coming to a place of faith where you don't feel. My son is taking, because he had two strokes, and, and he's taking a, a, an antidepressant. He doesn't like it because that particular antidepressant, because he can't play his guitar. God can deliver him, will deliver him. But he's got to look to the Lord. He can't do it off of daddy's faith. I can just encourage him in faith. I want to see God give that gift back to him. He started out playing for Jesus before he went crazy. Amen. You can heal the crazy while you're at it. The flesh is crazy. It'll lead you to do crazy things. Give up the glory of God for personal gain. It'll, it'll lead you in all kinds of crazy directions. And you can't trust it when you're going through a trial. Not just temptation, but a trial. You can't trust your emotions. You can't trust your feelings. That's why the scripture said, while we do not look at the things which are seen, for they are temporal. Everything you see is temporal, and that word temporal means subject to change. The devil will holler through your trial and scream at you and defy you and say, God is not going to come through for you. God is not going to help you through. God is not going to be faithful. And then he'll attack you. And he'll say, your faith is not sufficient. Your faith is not where it needs to be. You can't expect to receive anything. Honey, if you're a cast sheep, you are the object of his intense care and concern. It's not the 99 that are shouting victory, running around, singing high hallelujahs. It's the one that is out there and can't get up. He said, I'm going after that one. And I'm not just going after and say, well, well, they should have stood in faith. Too bad. So sad. No, no. He searches. He searches, he searches, he searches, he searches until he finds it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen, that's bringing me to the third point. Number one, don't cast away your confidence. You're going through a fiery trial, but God is faithful. God, tell the devil, amen, God is faithful. you got to tell the devil something sometime. And tell him when he's telling you that amazing how hard it is to hear God in a trial, but how clear the devil's voice is. Amen. Clearly clear. Hear every word that he says and suggests to you. Man came discouraged, despondent, cast down to his pastor. Said, Pastor, I, I, I know it's the devil. But I just don't feel like God loves me anymore. Well, that's how you're going to feel sometimes. If God loved you, why is this befallen? Could it be because God loves you and you're not of the world? <laughs> and the world hates you as much as it did Christ? You're a luminary. You're a light. You're salt. And the devil would sure like you to take that light and put it under a bushel so nobody can see it. Because if people see it, God can use that light to illuminate them. Can you say, man? He fights what he fears. He fights what he fears. So keep your confidence in the Lord. God is faithful. 
He searches the good shepherd, knows his sheep by name. He calleth them by name. He leaves the 99 that have been brought in and goes hunting for the one that is cast, the cast sheep that can't get up without his help. That's where grace comes in. Can you say, man, and mercy comes in. And he searches John until he finds it. And then he takes it home. Hallelujah. He comes for it. He comes for it. He comes for it. He comes for it. Don't let the devil tell you your faith is not strong enough. No, your faith is in your faith and your ability to believe him. And you're ashamed because of your emotional condition. Because if you had the faith, you ought not be in that. Well, of course that's true. If I had the faith, I'd never get down either. If I had the kind of faith that never let me have an emotion. You know what my son told me about the antidepressant he's on? He said, I quit taking it, Dad. He said, I quit feeling bad. And I quit feeling good. That's a bad trade-off. It's emotional Novocaine. Now, it may not affect everybody that way. I understand there's chemical changes that need addressing. But he said, Dad, I don't feel anything. He said, used to. I could watch a nice movie on television and deal with the pain and not be depressed. He said, now, I can't even sit and enjoy a movie. I just feel... He said, I find myself sitting and staring at my computer, not going anywhere or doing anything. He said, do you feel bad? He said, no, I don't feel. It's, he's got a bad reaction. We don't want to be numb. I want to be helped. When I hurt, I want to be able to tell the Lord. I love the scripture that says, pour your heart out before me. I'm glad I can go to God and tell him where I hurt and how I hurt. We don't have a high priest like he's being presented. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. That is not our God. Can you say, man, we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched deeply, personally, with the feeling of our hurt, our pain, our discouragements, our infirmities. But who was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. That means He understands you like no one in this world will ever understand you. And He loves you. And He knows what got you where you are. And He knows how to get you out of it. Can you say, man? He knows, he knows, he, He has a prescription that is just for you. Little girl got kicked out of school for a month. Twelve-year-old girl, compassionate heart. She has asthma, and there was an asthmatic student struggling to breathe, and she took her atomizer and gave it to the student. The student used it and got relief. But you're not supposed to share prescriptions because bad things can happen. So she's out of school for a month. See, one prescription for an asthma patient and another for, can be different. And this is the good thing about God. He writes a prescription that is for me and my circumstance where I am in faith. It's for you. And I, can't use your, I can use the principles and the formulas, but the prescription God writes, the way he brings us out. Oh, by the way. Here's something we don't like to hear. We love the escape part. We don't like to escape by finding out His sufficient grace and bearing up and keeping the victory through it. We don't want to go through it. 
Come on, I'd like a, a heartier amen because I don't want to go through it. I don't want to go through anything. I want to escape it. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that's come to try you? But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you are able, enabled by His grace, His mercy, His strength to bear, not what you are, but what He grants, that you are able to bear, who will, with the temptation, get your yeehaw on. Come on. You ready for a yeehaw? Make a way of escape. Make a way. See, people stop at escape. They think the way to escape is to say, I ain't got no more trouble. I call it Tiny Tim faith. You're in all this trouble, but you're, you've escaped all the pressures and pain of it. Tiptoe through the window, through the window, in the willow trees, and tiptoe through the tulips with me. How many remember Tiny Tim? You don't remember Tiny Tim? You do remember? You're not that old. Someone must have told you about Tiny Tim. How many Christians do you know that want God to just come over them and put them in a, like the boy in the bubble? He has no immune system. He lives in a plastic bubble because any kind of germ will kill him. And he can't enjoy life because he's living in the bubble. God don't put you in a bubble. He supports you, sustains you by grace. Hallelujah. He lets the world have at you. The flesh, the devil come at you. Amen. And he keeps you and brings you through. Glory to God. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which what? Which hath great recompense of reward. But you need something once you decide to trust him. Because there could be, listen, let me finish two things and we've got to quit. Listen. Think it not strange the fiery trial that's come to try you as some strange thing has happened to you. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that. That you, prescription for you, not anyone else, you are able to bear. Who will with the temptation, it's still there. It's still there. The test is still there. The persecution is still there. The pressure is still on. With the temptation, with it, make a way to escape. Okay, now it's gone. Everybody say, yeehaw. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody preach that to me. Don't read the rest of it. Come on, do not read the rest of it. I just yeehawed that. No more trouble, no more pain. No more pressure. I don't need grace to take me through. I'm not going through. I'm being delivered from. The promise of escape is he's going to deliver you from the desired result of that trial to make you discouraged and despondent. If you don't go through anything, you have no testimony. You ain't got no testimony. You can't tell nobody nothing until you trust God and God takes you through something. But if God brings you through something, you've got a testimony. You've been tested. And it takes a test to give you a testimony. Because if you faith that can't be tested, can't be trusted. You know why? Because the trouble will find you someday, some way, somehow. 
the evil day. That's when the devil wants to take you out. The devil wants to cause you to turn back or give up or accuse God. That day is coming. Can you say, man, that's why you put on the armor. You know it's coming. And you want to win when it comes. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. But you, listen. He said that he would make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. To bear it. To bear it. Some of you have been praying that God will take you from it. He wants to take you through it and show you that you can bear it and keep the victory and give Him praise and strengthen your faith and reveal the power of His grace to you. I can do all things doesn't mean I escape all of these things and I never have a problem. It means no matter what happens, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Bear it. Everybody say, bear it. Where did we get off track thinking that we could escape having to bear it, needing to bear it, needing to prove God? Been telling everybody else in trouble. That's what Job's comforters told him. Everybody else getting troubled. You got a word for them. God will take care of it. God's on the throne. Keep your trust in God. And now you're in trouble. And listen to you. Amen. Amen. Some of the people that preach to others talk different when they're in trouble. They're in trouble. The trouble's in their house. They're the cash sheep. They can't get up. To show you how strong they are and show off their faith. The only way they're going to get up is to cry out and wait upon the shepherd. Because he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to be strong for him to come. I'm ready to preach now and it's time to quit. But it's getting hot under my collar and we got to quit. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God help us if he takes his tie off. I know what you're thinking. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But I'm committed to this message today. I'm committed to this message today. Amen. First is the conflict. It's going to happen. Then is the confidence. But when it happens, keep your trust in the Lord. Because He's faithful. And He's coming for you. He's coming for you. If you find yourself in that condition, He's coming for you. But you have need of patience while you're laying there on your back, kicking your feet and getting nowhere. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 I know something. But you know something while you're laying there, kicking your feet on your back. He's coming for me. He's coming. He's coming. This is my confidence. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. I don't know how long it's going to take for him to find me, but he won't stop until he does. I declare he's coming. I'm not going to die here on my back. The devil is not going to defeat me. This is not going to stop me. He's coming. Bless God, he's coming. Can you say amen? He's going to pick me up. He's going to put me over his shoulders. He's going to take me home and keep me safe. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! He's coming. Don't 
Say yee-haw when he gets there. Say yee-haw because you know he's coming. Hallelujah. 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 A young Marine, young Marine during the Vietnam era, my era, your era. They've got, they've got a, a code between themselves. Leave no one behind. A man got riddled with machine gun fire. His legs are bleeding. And he's laying out in the middle of a crossfire. And no one dares to go out to get him. And it wasn't a medic whose job it was to put themselves in danger to try to help someone. Because the fire was so strong, he said. He could see the tracers going as he laid there. Unable to drag himself or move. He could see the tracers of the, of the crossfire. Friendly fire going this way. Enemy fire coming that way. He's laying in the middle of all of that. Automatic weapons. Chattering. Legs riddled and bleeding. He's going to bleed out. Someone doesn't put a tourniquet on and get him to a field hospital quickly. A medvac. He said he had a friend. A close, close friend. And by the way, a lot of times it was this, this culture thing in battle... There ain't no black man, no white man, no rich man, no poor man. In battle, you're dependent on your, on your brother. And every man out there with you is your brother. Hallelujah. And he said this man, he heard something, and he afraid to even raise his head, and he felt somebody grab him by the legs and start pulling him in a crouch, but pulling him for everything. said he screamed in pain, but he knew somebody came for me. Who in the world would come for me like this? this? See, this is the confidence. He said he looked through bleary eyes and saw the face of a man that he went through basic training with who had gotten very close to him and him, both of them, amen, promised to help each other to get through this thing. <laughs> Greater love than this hath no man. He, he, he was willing to risk his life to save his brother. Amen. He did, in fact, save him. He lost one leg, but he was saved. He did not bleed out. And he looked that man in the eye when he pulled him to safety. And he said, I knew, I knew you would come for me. I knew you would come for me. I knew you would come for me. And that's what you need from God when you leave here today. If you're a cash sheep, you got to know. Hallelujah. He's coming for you. And the devil's bullets can't hurt him. And the enemy can't stop him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have need of patience. Persistent faith. For you have need of patience. The next verse says. You have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God. Put your trust in Him. And stood upon His word. You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God. That you will receive the promise. Are you ready for this next verse? Is your yeehaw still working? Oh, I need some height. I don't think this will hold me. <laughs> but I need some. <laughs> Hallelujah. That will hold me. It held Sean. 
I got great confidence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Sean. Nobody's done that for me in a long time. The conflict. After you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. But it wasn't just for you, but all those other Christians. You're not unique. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need each other. We can relate to one another. We can help one another. We can encourage one another. Somebody's been where you are and God took them through. Listen to what they have to say about His faithfulness. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, there'll be a time period. Amen. Hang in there like a rusty fish hook. That's not in your Bible, by the way. Don't go turning your page. That's my interpretation. Can you say, man? Hang on to God. Keep your confidence in Him. For He that shall come will come. And He will not tarry. Well, why do I need patience if He ain't going to tarry? Because it means there's a timing when He's going to do that. And in the interim, you need to know that God's got it, God's on it, and He's coming. Can you say amen? However long it takes. Thank you. Hallelujah. There's got to be victory in the face of conflict. Because without conflict, without victory means overcoming an adversary and overcoming adversity friend of mine joined the Marine Corps right out of high school because he knew the girls like a man in uniform. And he decided out of the uniforms, the Marine uniform, he thought he would be a chick magnet soon as he put on the uniform. They put him in Paris Island. He called his mama. He called his mama and asked her to write their congressman. Say, I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a big see he he wanted to wear the uniform of a soldier but he didn't want to be prepared for battle he watched one too many John Wayne movies he saw Arnold Schwarzenegger come out with a machine gun and flex his biceps while he pulls the trigger and without even pointing it a dozen with automatic weapons, fall dead. You ever see Superman, the black and white days of Superman? Not the modern one. The old black and white Superman guy. George Reeves. He walks in a room, and a guy's got a pistol, and it's a six-shooter. That didn't see many automatics back then. It's got a six-shooter. Superman walks in, sticks his chest out. That guy fires six times, bounces off old Superman. He, he starts clicking, ain't got no more bullets, so he throws it at Superman. And what does Superman do when he throws the pistol? He ducks. He ducks. It was on television. I was just a kid, and I say, that ain't right. 
stronger than a locomotive, able to man of steel? Are you kidding me? That he don't need to duck. Let me tell you something about church. Ain't no supermen behind a pulpit. No, there's no super evangelist. There's no super Christian. Amen. There's a lot of people saved and kept by the grace of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But we know something. When I'm down, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Hallelujah. He's coming for me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do you have my defender? Yes, we do. God must be in this. I couldn't find it in the I couldn't find it in the bunch now. It's on the top. I have a defender. I gotta say one more thing. It's the last thing I'm gonna say unless I say something else. Amen. It is. I'm serious. Thank you. Hallelujah. Listen, it's so important that we recognize that we can't have victory without a fight. But we are well able. Put on the armor of God and above all, take that shield of faith wherewith you shall quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Hallelujah. And the shield of faith is not just your faith being strong all the time as a force within you. David said, the Lord is my, sh- my, the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my shield. He's my buckler. And hallelujah. And he is my shield. He's my song. And he's become my salvation. My shield of faith is my confidence in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and of God the Father to me who said I will not leave you nor forsake you but I'll go with you all the way through the thick and the thin even to the end of the age let's get ready to praise him will you stand your feet today if there's any cash sheep in here you're the object of God's nearness even though your emotions may be telling you something entirely different And He's heard your cry. It's not that He's not listening. He's heard your cry. And He's coming. He's coming. Hang on. Hold on. He's coming. Praise God. Let's give Him praise in this song, this worship song. Hallelujah. Let's give Him praise today.